The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Fight, fight, fight. We've got some rankings disputes today between Jamie and Heath. This is a great way to start the week. Very contentious here. On Fantasy Football Today, I already spoke to Jamie last night, so I know he had a very good weekend, a very successful winning weekend. Jamie, 6-0. 6-0, Jamie. Congrats. 6-0 weekend for my kids, um, so uh, make sure you put that in perspective. Um, yes, uh, five baseball victories, one basketball victory, so it was it was fun. But Heath might have topped that, though, so... Did he? Um, and happy birthday, Heath. It was uh, Heath's birthday. Shut up. When was his birthday? Oh, you didn't wish him a happy birthday. I wow. Know. That's uh, par for the course. <laughs> Contentious. Has, has literally never. <laughs> well, we're not Facebook friends, and you, I'm not going to be the one to reach out. So, yeah. yeah. Um, happy birthday. No, I got a text. I got a text early on Saturday morning from Dave. I got a tweet um, from Jamie wishing me happy birthday. And so then all the people replied oh. to his tweet, and that was fantastic. I had... 400 Facebook messages of people telling me happy birthday and nothing from Adam. I think actually, I think I might have saw one. I'm going to look now that Adam was, was might have been tagged in one of those replies. <laughs> I really I haven't been on Twitter. I haven't been on Twitter in a while, except the, except the, the poll I put up about Dunkaroos when people got so wrong. Uh, what would you got, vanilla or chocolate Dunkaroos? Or are you too old for Dunkaroos? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what Dunkaroos Okay, I don't you think guys I've ever had Dunkaroos. Okay, everyone said vanilla. 70% said vanilla. They're all wrong. Okay, let's get to the show here. We're going to do some rankings disputes on see some of the players we're talking about. Matthew Stafford, we haven't really talked about him at all. Uh, Cam Akers, his teammate. Ken Walker, Miles Sanders, Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Traylon Burks, Drake London, and more. Uh, here's a crazy stat. DK Metcalf had six touchdown catches last year. Tyler Lockett had nine. DK Metcalf had 27 red zone targets. Tyler Lockett had eight. DK Metcalf led the NFL with 23 red, uh, end zone targets. Tyler Lockett had nine. So interesting, uh, just looking at the Lockett stats, unbelievable that he caught so many touchdowns and Metcalf did not. 
uh, if they get the same type of targets, that will probably change. So I tweeted Heath on his birthday at 6.20 p.m. <laughs> and later that day, at Bob Baffert, what did you guys get him for his gift? No podcast today with that Adam Azer. Yeah. What is that? What, no, what is the second part? My gift was that I didn't have to talk to you. Oh. No podcast today <laughs> with at Adam Azer. Well, that was my gift, Heath. I did. It was a happy birthday. I didn't. I didn't communicate. With In all you. seriousness, because you didn't ask about my sports weekend, um, my my son gave me a great gift. He went four zero in his tournament and won, and had played the best basketball of his life. And then um, my other team went two and two, so six wins but two losses. Okay, very good. Uh, also, you said tournament wrong, but. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasyfootball today. You can watch us live. We record our shows at 11 a.m. Eastern on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then Heath has his Dynasty show Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. So you can watch us live or on demand. Just go to youtube.com slash fantasyfootball today. Hit the live tab, and you will see all of our live shows that have been archived. Uh, and please hit that like button right now. Hit that like button. Let's get that going. Some news and notes before we get into the disputes. Dalvin Cook apparently could be released. Uh, they, you know, it, do you guys think he's going to be on the Vikings uh, by the start of the season? Hmm. I don't know. Um, I would say 60-40, yes. Okay. All right. Very possible, though, that Dalvin Cook is not on the Vikings. So, you know, what does that mean if you have Alexander Madison in a dynasty league? Because you figure they're going to do something at running back, right, if they don't have Dalvin Cook. So, Heath, what's your dynasty? Mr. Dynasty, what's your take on that? Um, I think I've been a little bit lower on Madison. I actually, um, in preparation for this rankings debate show, was was looking at how I needed to move Madison up in redraft, but he's still not like a top 30 back or anything, and he's not particularly young. Like I think even if he got the feature rule, it might be a one-year, maybe two-year deal. Um, So... He's not he's not a top twenty five. He's not like a the the first or second year back who maybe they let the starter go and he's gonna have a long run. Um he's he's around thirty or forty. Okay. The Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Oh, move over Daniel Jones. There's a new quarterback contract in town. Uh the Eagles and Jalen Hurts have agreed on a five year deal worth two hundred and fifty five million dollars with hundred and seventy nine point three million dollars guaranteed. And that will be the highest average annual salary for a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, Brock Purdy has avoided Tommy John surgery. He talked about his recovery and he's you know, taking it one day at a time. Arizona safety Buddha Baker has requested a trade. Things are great in Arizona. Uh, apparently, according to the Dallas Morning News, Michael Gallup was told by Mike McCarthy that he would have uh, a bigger role, that he'll be featured more. He only had 74 targets in 14 games. Jamie, is Michael Gallup on your radar? I mean, not in the sense of I have to have Michael Gallup on my team, but I, I do think that there is, you know, still enough of an opportunity given the tight end situation in Dallas that adding Brandon Cooks can still be good enough for Michael Gallup. What I mean is, you know, the 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 no no tight end being there of significance, at least as far as we see it, um, there, there still should be enough targets to go around where Michael Gallup can be somewhat relevant. Uh, the Dolphins signed Chosen Anderson, formerly Robbie Anderson. According to ESPN's John Keim, the commanders have made it clear that they believe in Sam Howell to be their starter. And not only that, they may have sold their franchise. They have a, a, an agreement in place right now. Can be topped, but they may have a new owner pretty soon. ESPN's Why don't we come up with $6 billion together and buy the team? 
I'm surprised that it went for so much more than the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos were just recently sold to, you know, one of the wealthiest families, the Walmart family. <laughs> um, and uh, that's not their last name. Um, and uh, that went for something like four and a half billion. And the commanders have a deal for just over six billion. That's that's a really big difference. I'd rather on the Broncos. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Media market. I don't know. I mean, each each franchise probably goes for more than the next. The market matters. Stadium maybe matters. The stadium, they need a new one. I mean, they're they're dying to get a new stadium. They get this does include this current stadium, but they're trying so hard to get a new one. I don't know. It was I was in until it got over four and a half billion, and then I said, no, it's, you can have the commanders. I mean, the you know the Azer family fortune. Yeah. <laughs> We're building it. Uh, ESPN's Jordan Reed thinks the Chargers will be intent on drafting a pass catcher with an early round pick. And uh, what did you guys make of the recent stuff about the about um, Greg Dulcich? And basically, it seems like Sean Payton and the Broncos not enamored with their tight end room. He didn't give a glowing response when asked about Dulcich, I guess. Am I interpreting I, that right? I couldn't tell if it was that... Or if he was making a comment about how injuries um, really prevented him from seeing as much Greg Dulcich as he would like to, so he didn't wasn't sure his opinion yet. Or if it was a shot at Hackett, and that the offense was so bad it made it hard to evaluate players. Okay, I would lean more I, toward that. Okay, yeah, I couldn't tell which. It's open to interpretation. All right. Well, listen. On Wednesday, we're going to have Ryan Wilson back on. I th- I think so. Yes, we're getting a thumbs up from Shafee T. Yes, uh, Ryan Wilson's coming back on. He was awesome last week talking about quarterbacks and running backs. This week it'll be wide receivers and tight ends, and hopefully a, a great tight end class. It's, that's that's the buzz. Maybe we'll get a couple that go in the first round, and uh, the wide receivers are always fun as well, although not quite as good this year it looks like. But we'll get Ryan's take on that. And if you want to hear more from him, you can listen to the With the First Pick podcast. That is Ryan Wilson and former general manager Rick Spielman, who drafted Justin Jefferson and Adrian Peterson and Dalvin Cook, uh, among others. Ryan and Rick have this, this podcast. It's weekly, and it's now's the time to listen. It's all about the NFL draft. It's called With the First Pick. Mock drafts, prospect profiles, stock watch, and more. Check it out. All right, how about a quick break here? When we come back, we'll talk about Matthew Stafford and then some running backs. Rankings disputes begin right after this. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So I was looking at your quarterback rankings, and I, I didn't want to talk about the same guys that we talk about all the time. You guys are pretty far apart, I'd say, on Aaron Rodgers, for example, but how much Aaron Rodgers can we discuss? So let's talk about Matthew Stafford, because in 2021, he was uh, the number eight quarterback per game, number five overall in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, and 2022 was just a disaster. He was number 33 per game in 2022 that does include one partial game but whatever it was it was so much worse so Jamie you have Stafford 19th and while that doesn't sound super high and it isn't it's right behind a group of players that you know we would be considering uh, I'll just sorry I didn't have the QB rankings up it's right behind players such as Russell Wilson Jared Goff Geno Smith so that's a fun group I mean that's an interesting group then it's Stafford for you, Heath, Stafford's down to 24. He's behind Tannehill, Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Sam Howell. So I think in that respect, it's it's a pretty big difference in how you guys are looking at Stafford. So, Jamie, make the case for him being a borderline draftable guy, I guess, if he's right behind Goff and Smith and Wilson. I mean, think about the names you said that are after him. <laughs> They're all terrible. <laughs> um, you know, I for me, it's 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 he has still arguably a top three receiver in the league in Cooper Cup. And he has arguably a top play caller in the league in his coach in Sean McVay. And so in those two things, I trust. And so I'll take my chances with that as opposed to maybe Derek Carr being better than him. Sure, that could easily happen. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo being better than him. Sure, that could easily happen. They have better weapons than what Stafford has right now. But I'm, I'm going to trust the coach. I'm going to trust the, the weapon. And I'm going to trust Stafford hopefully being back to some semblance of what he was in 2021 uh, with a healthier back and, and maybe a better offensive line. So I think one of the other guys I may be low on is Cam Akers. And I think I'm probably just low on the Rams offense after that disaster of last year and the fact that they're trading parts. And I just – it's a weird combination because we know Stafford's towards the very end – and they're not trading him away. So I would assume he's not just sticking around to, to stink, but they're also clearly kind of trying to rebuild on the fly. I'm a little bit worried this could be a disaster. I'm a little bit worried if they're bad and he suffers any sort of injury, he's just not going to play for a while. And there's still, I'm not 100% sure that I know who's going to be on the Rams in the 2023 season. They don't have a first round pick either. Um, no way. Yeah, I know. Shocker, right? That And they it's a shame because they would have had the sixth pick instead it belongs to the Lions. And then the last thing is just like that 2021 season that you referenced, his touchdown rate was two, two points higher than his career best or than his career average. His, his yards per attempt were 10% better than his career average. And last year he was worse than his career averages. Much worse. So, I, so I'm, I'm just concerned, I think probably similarly to why I'm low on Rodgers, projecting a big bounce back from an older player. Yeah. But even if he just has a normal year, you could know you could still see him in the QB 13, 14, 15 range or something like that. If he were, you know, I don't know that I right. see that cuz cuz the Rams stink. I mean, they they look like they don't have a ton of talent. And how about this stat? It 
just based, you know, I always say this. I don't, I don't take PFF as gospel, but hey, they're evaluating offensive lines. I'm not. They had the Rams as the number one pass blocking team in the NFL in 2021, and they graded them 24th in 2022. So he's not the kind of guy that can that can be behind a bad offensive line. And it went from the best to one of the worst. Well, it, it did get better as the season went on. You know, once they finally got a group in place that was healthy, I believe it was around the time that Cam Akers started to take off. Stafford was not playing at that point. And so, I mean, look, Baker Mayfield went from an absolute poop show to much better in Los Angeles, you know, for whatever that's worth. And that was without Cooper Cup. So, you know, I don't know how much of that is just McVay, how much of that is just Baker escaping Carolina. Um, but Stafford, I still think, has some ability to challenge for 4,200 yards, you know, 30 touchdowns. You know, I don't, I don't think he's going to set the world on fire. But if things go right, and a lot of things have to go right, I don't want to draft Stafford. Look, this, this is when we get to this point, and, and hopefully the rookies end up in good spots with, you know, good weapons around them. But, you know, I'd much rather have you tell me Bryce Young starting for the Panthers. I'll take Bryce Young. You tell me C.J. Stroud starting for the Texans, I'll probably take C.J. Stroud. Anthony Richardson gets a chance to start, I'd rather have him. You told me Trey Lance or Brock Purdy was guaranteed to be the starter from week one, I'd probably take that guy as well. You know, so um, there'll, there'll be some adjustments following the NFL draft, but that group, Carr, Garoppolo, Stafford, Tannehill, uh, I'm surprised you like Sam Howell that much, uh, but that, that group is, uh, is, is a little gross. All right, but but so you're he's closer to that group than he is to the Geno Smith Russell Wilson. Yes, yeah, that's okay. where the divide starts. Right? Okay, okay. All right, so why don't we go? I'll go a little different order than what I had planned at running back. Why don't we just go right to Cam Akers here? And uh, let's see, Cam Akers is for Jamie twenty first at running back in PPR, and for Heath thirty first. So Heath, I'll give you the first word. Cam Akers in his last six games, he was the number four running back in fantasy. He was uh, top six per game in both half and full PPR. All of that came without Matthew Stafford, by the way. Uh, so he finished strong, but you have him 31st. Jamie has him 21st. Go ahead on Cam Akers. Yeah, and I I think um, this one, he will definitely move up if we get through the draft, and, and this is their running back room. Um, I have a hard time with, if you project him for the volume he had in those final six games over a full season, then I'd probably have him even higher than Jamie does, or at least in the same range that Jamie does. But he's... Entering year four of his NFL career, and his career high is 188 carries, and his career high is 13 catches. So it's it's like how many how how big of a roll over that? How big of a leap do you want to project on a team again that I think is going to be bad? Right now, I've got him projected for 225 carries and 18 catches. Um, but again, if they if they don't draft anybody, I'll I'll bump him up a little bit because I don't think he's going to lose his job to anyone who's currently on the roster. And go ahead, Jamie. 21st on Cam Akers. So that would be just ahead of Rashad White, Tyler Algier, Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Swift, and PPR. Yeah, and, and that might be an adjustment as well, you know, to lean toward, you know, the younger guys. But I do think he's going to get that volume. I can't see them spending any significant draft capital. They don't have it, you know, on, on a running back. So, you know, if it's another Kieran Williams type of player, sure, maybe that that's the, the thing that makes you a little bit concerned, especially if it's a bigger back that can take some of those first and second down carries. But he finally looked apart. You know, he finally looked healthy. It was, you know, after the the whole preseason discussion of, okay, is he back? Can he handle this? How bad the offense looked? He struggled. We thought he was going to get traded or cut. And then all of a sudden, he has this miraculous second-half finish that this was the guy that we thought before the Achilles tear was going to be this breakout running back. And 
again, behind a suspect offensive line that may or may not get better, but hopefully can at least be some semblance of have some semblance of success that we saw toward the end of last season. So I think the volume will be there. Sure, he's not going to be a 50-catch guy. Could he be a 30-catch guy? Maybe, if you're talking about Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson and Tutu Atwell and this receiving core being what it is and needing some not needing something of a second option to help him there. So I don't think he's going to be a league winner, but I do think he could be a, a, a decent number two running back if things continue to break right for him, and then maybe more if he stays healthy. All right, that is Cam Akers. Next up on the disputes list is Ken Walker. Second-year running back, Jamie Esm is RB5. Jamie goes McCaffrey, Eckler, Barkley, Taylor, Ken Walker. Heath goes McCaffrey, Jacobs, Barkley, Taylor, Eckler, then Henry, then Chubb, then Power, then Ken Walker. Ninth for Heath, fifth for Jamie. Jamie, uh, you're the high guy here on, and, uh, and Dave, by the way, is right in the middle at seven. You're the high guy on Ken Walker. Go for it. I just think he's going to build off what we saw last year as the featured guy in a Pete Carroll offense that hopefully is going to get some help on the offensive line. And not necessarily that they need it to save him, but I certainly think it can help this offense in general. And so we'll see what they do with two picks in the top, I think it's 15, top 18 um, in, in the NFL draft. Um, could come away with two offensive linemen, which would be just fantastic. But I don't think he's going to have significant competition for touches. I love the fact, whether it's, you know, just Pete Carroll being Pete Carroll or, you know, actually coming to fruition, what he said at the owners meetings when I asked him about him, when he said, we got to throw in the ball a little bit more. And so if that happens, that'll be even better. But I mean, he's, he's got all the opportunities to be in the conversation to lead the NFL in rushing. Um, I think he's going to have a, a, a tremendous sophomore season. And for me at this position, at this point, I'm leaning toward youth whenever possible. And he's, you know, at the start of his career, as opposed to some of those guys um, that are in either, you know, reaching the end of their prime or even at the end of their their run as an elite level guy. Yeah, I, I told you I was going to be try to be an ageist this year. And so I've tried to figure out how how far I can lower Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry and Chubb, I'd like to put below him. I don't have anything bad to say about him. I've got him ranked ninth. I love him. I think he's going to be awesome. I agree with most of what Jamie said. It's just whether you're going to – in projecting him to go do something that these guys have been doing. Um, I, the one I, I don't think I could rank over him over is Josh Jacobs just because Jacobs is still just 25 years old and already had that role and already led the NFL in yards from scrimmage. And I think he stays in the same situation. All right. That's a good, then good counterpoint there. Why over Josh Jacobs, who was, I think he was number two per game in, uh, I think three. Well, it depends on, yeah, close enough two two or three, depending on scoring. Okay. Jamie. So why Walker over Jacobs? Again, it's just leaning toward the player. I think who's going to ascend as opposed to one who may take a little bit of a step back. And so, um, you know, as Heath has some concerns about the Rams, I have some concerns about the Raiders. Again, quarterback change. We'll see how that impacts Josh Jacobs in the run game. And maybe as we saw over the last two years, when everybody's healthy in the receiving core, the receiving numbers for Josh Jacobs tend to dip a little bit. So um, I think Jacobs takes a little bit of a step back. I don't have a problem. You want to take Jacobs over Walker. It's, you know, the guy that just led the NFL in rushing. Like he said, you know, he's done it already. He's still searching for a new contract. Um, we'll see what they do in the draft. You know, if they're, I, I saw, I don't know if it was somebody on fantasy Twitter or NFL Twitter suggests that maybe the Raiders are in the Bijan Robinson conversation because they don't want to pay Jacobs and then they have an heir apparent when Jacobs moves on and that keeps the run game afloat. And so that would be an interesting move, but, you know, wouldn't be too surprising if you are just looking ahead for a team that is trying to get ahead of paying somebody that they don't necessarily want to pay. So we'll see what happens there, but I, I think Jacobs is, is perfectly fine. Obviously, it's hard to argue against him from an age standpoint because, like you said, He's still in in the prime of his career and coming off a tremendous season. Well, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. I've been waiting for this for, I think, four years now. This is Heath 
being the Miles Sanders guy. Not me being the Miles <laughs> Sanders guy. Uh, it's, it's a shock. Heath has Miles Sanders and PPR in his top 12, 11th at running back. And that would be ahead of such players as... Oh, ooh, I see he's 10th. Did you move him up today? He, he moved up. Well, I did not had not uh, moved Damian Pierce down enough. I still had Damian Pierce ahead of him, so he is 10th. Okay, so he's 10th. Woo! Travis Etienne, 11th, Damian Pierce, Ramondre Stevenson, Aaron Jones, all of them behind Miles Sanders. For Jamie, Sanders is 17th, still pretty high, but not not that high. Not, not ahead of Stevenson, Etienne, Aaron Jones, etc. All right, Heath, you've always loved Miles Sanders or something I've like that. I've always been a big Miles Sanders guy. You know, I think um, I just look at that contract that Carolina gave him, and it all but guarantees he's a starting running back for him for two years. And it's going to cost him some money to get away from him in the third year. I think they went out and paid him like they think he's the guy. And they could have had Deontay Foreman or Rashad Penny or other guys who are super efficient like Sanders but just aren't quite as reliable. I think he'll see a little uptick in the uh, passing game working with Deuce Staley again. Wouldn't be surprised if he catches 30 or 40 passes. But mostly, I think this is a really good situation for high-efficiency running. He's a very high-efficient runner, and he's not going to have Jalen Hurts stealing touchdowns from him. Okay. Jamie, you still have him high, but, you know, not not top 12. I'm Miles Sanders. No. Um, the passing game work is, is really going to be what's fascinating, you know, because that's something that has escaped him since I believe it was. Was it Chip Kelly? His rookie season was his coach? Um uh, it could have been no, no. I'm sorry. It was Doug Peterson because that was it was Doug Peterson. Peterson yeah. catch guys. So we'll we'll see what what Frank Reich decides to do there. What Ducelli decides to do there. Um, obviously, like the you know the head coach just came off of a season with Jonathan Taylor, full season with Jonathan Taylor two years ago in Indianapolis. And yes, I don't think that they're going to add any competition of significance. You know, whether they come out of the draft with a late guy to add, you know, just to the, to the room, or you know, still bring somebody in. So it's probably Sanders and Chuba Hubbard. But uh, I'm always concerned when running backs change teams. I mean, just the, the the track record of these guys, there's instant success in some cases. And then there's some, you know, situations where he's leaving the best offensive line. Like, I can't get past that. You know, he's leaving the best running situation. Forget about, you know, Hurts taking away touchdown. And, yes, the Panthers last year, McCaffrey was great. And then Deontay Foreman was great. Will Sanders have similar success? I hope so. I hope he's – Better than what Deontay Foreman was when Foreman was good, which is a great situation. Just wasn't involved in the passing game. But again, different different coaching staff completely. So I think he's a very good number two running back. I still have my reservations whenever guys change teams. I don't think he's got top ten upside even in this situation. And I'm still a little bit concerned about his role in the passing game because even I believe when Deuce Staley was still there is when he was dropping passes from his second season on and had an issue with catching the ball. So we'll see how that goes and if they put Chuba Hubbard in that role more so than they do Miles Sanders. Okay. And, you know, Heath, generally speaking, are you comfortable having a running back on a team quarterbacked by a rookie doesn't really have a lot of talent around it? You know, it's just they're probably not going to have a very good offense. And I've, I've outlined it doesn't really matter so much but uh, for running backs, but are you comfortable with that? I, yeah, I'm not convinced that they're not going to have – I don't think they're going to have a good offense. I, I don't, I'm not convinced they're going to have a bad offense, though. Um, I think they could be semi-average, but I do think a running young quarterback on a bad offense would be a terrible spot for him. I'm just not sure it's going to be that. Yeah. I don't think it's probably, it's probably not Richardson at quarterback. It's probably Stroud right. or Young, and 
So those guys won't run as much. All right, let's talk about James Conner. This is a fascinating running back. He, <laughs> he's going to be 28 years old next month. Uh, but on a per-game basis, he was the number nine running back in PPR, number 12 in non-PPR. And in 2021, I think he was number nine per game. Yeah, he was number five per game in non-PPR, number nine per game in, in PPR. So that's two straight seasons with Arizona where he's been a top 10 running back per game. And when he didn't have Chase Edmonds in 2021, he was the second best running back in the NFL. And then down the stretch last year when he got all the touches, he was absolutely unstoppable. Uh, the last seven games, he was on pace for, let's see, 1,736 yards, 17 touchdowns, 66 catches. He was the number five running back in fantasy. So, all right, here's the here's the James Conner breakdown. Jamie's got him 28th. Heath has him 18th. However, that 18th was accompanied by a ugh, like a minute ago. So what's that all about? Heath, 18th on James Conner, ahead of Mixon, Rashad White, Najee Harris, David Montgomery. I don't want to be high on James Conner. Um, but you've said it. Like The role and the production has been a top 12 running back. And he was number nine per game last year and had two games where he played 35% of the snaps or less because he got hurt. And that's just something you have to factor in. I don't think you should expect 16 or 17 games from James Conner this year. But if you get eight or nine games of top 12 running back production, well, what's that worth? Um, So I, I'll probably lower him a little bit from this. I don't think I can get him unless something happens in the draft. I don't think he'll, he'll be outside my top 24. I think there's a lot more risk with someone like Mixon that he gets cut by the Bengals and just doesn't get a job at the start of the year or a feature job than Connor. Connor's going to be on an offense, a bad offense. I don't like that, but his role's just been so good. Jamie, you just go. His role, his role has been good, and it's it's funny. Like the um, the uh, early NFC ADP has him as the twenty second running back off the board, so he's in a similar range for Heath. I just I know this because I just put him as a bust. Based on his his ADP, he was awesome. Um, every time he's been in this role, you said it. But this team could be an absolute disaster. I mean, this, this could be the worst team in the NFL. You know, and and you look at it. If Kyler's not ready to go at the start of the season, who knows when he comes back? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins not there. So now you're talking about this receiving core, which is okay. I mean, you know, it's not bad with Marquise Brown, and you know whether it's um, uh, why am I blanking on not Rondell Greg Moore or guy. Greg Dorsch? Uh, Rondell Moore, um, you know, and and Trey McBride. You know, it's not horrible. There's some nice pieces there, but, you know, nothing that's going to really scare defenses to the point of you don't stop James Conner. And 28 years old, he missed some time last year with injuries. We know he's had some injury history problems in the past. Uh, he's just somebody that I'm probably going to be out on unless DeAndre Hopkins somehow stays in Arizona and Kyler's ready for week one. Then I'll move him up because I like the situation a lot better. But um, there's another team, you know, you, you wonder if they're going to add a running back at some point. You know, Keontae Ingram and – uh, Corey Clement as the two guys behind him don't exactly inspire a lot of confidence. So we can see a situation where this backfield gets some some pieces added to it. But yeah, I mean the, the mixing conversation is easy. You know, mixing gets cut. You know, there's there's you're going to take Connor over him no matter where mixing ends up because he'll be in a timeshare. But I, I think Connor's more of a flex than he is a number two running back this year. Yeah, I think just to do a counterpoint to what Jamie said, they they were awful down the stretch, and he was still doing this. I mean, he played in those last seven games. Kyler Murray only played one game. Hopkins played six of them. But um, I guess that would be my counter to that is that I think they tried early in the year to get the other guys involved. 
and they and you just said, I mean, the, the other running backs in the backfield, they just weren't cutting it. So in the last seven games that Connor played, he played almost every snap. I don't know if we can expect that, but yeah, they they have nothing else. So he didn't need Kyler Murray uh, to be great. He was better when you know Kyler was out. Maybe maybe that's the problem. Maybe he's better with Kyler was out because he was such a focal point of the offense. Uh, Marcus I mean, Brown was out too. You could say that it's also a defensive coach coming in replacing an offensive coach. You know, so we'll see how that mindset works too. Um, all right, uh, so let's. Uh, I want to take a look at some YouTube comments real quick here. Um, first of all, someone said happy birthday. Look at this, happy birthday, Heath. Uh, and look at the emojis here. We got beers and two tacos. How did that line up with your actual birthday? Um, well, there were more beers than tacos, but <laughs> there <laughs> there were tacos on Friday night, so it, it worked out well. Uh, Dunkaroos are a Baker Mayfield tiered snack. I I haven't had them since I was a kid, but back then they were like a Dan Marino tiered snack. Um. And then there was one other thing that I wanted to. Oh, is some, that is that the thing that came with like two different pouches, and one of them was the thing that you dunked in the other thing? Yeah, yeah. You had the cracker, and then you had okay, the frosting. Those, were, <laughs> those were awful. Those, those were, were awful. Yeah, those were really bad. <laughs> uh, is ja- this is the one? Is Jamie wearing a hat because he didn't shower today? I did not shower this morning. I showered last night after a long day of baseball. So, um, I, but I typically wear hats on. Yeah, he's always a, he's a hat guy now. All right, I'm a commercial guy now. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some wide receivers and a tight end if we have time. Uh, We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And welcome back to Fantasy Football Today. Continuing our rankings disputes. Remember, by the way, Dynasty Show tomorrow, YouTube exclusive. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. Check it out. You can watch it live at 11 a.m. Eastern or catch it on demand anytime. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. You're going to have to wait till after it's over, which will be about noon Eastern. Uh, you can't watch it before it airs. Wide receiver. Uh, Jamie has Chris Godwin 20th in PPR. Heath has him 36th. And once again, I'm going to give Heath the first word here. Anti Chris Godwin, thirty. That's wild, man. Thirty six. He caught three touchdowns last year, and he was eighteenth per game. What do you got for me? This is also me going completely against. I've always been the Chris Godwin guy, yeah. and I don't. I'm not particularly comfortable with this one, but I am worried how much different this Tampa Bay offense is going to look. They've thrown fourteen hundred and eighty two passes the last two seasons. They've got a defensive head coach. They're going to have a worse quarterback. Tom Brady's not going to get to choose what they do anymore. I, I, I'm afraid the pass volume is 
with both Evans and Godwin still there could crater to like 550, 575 attempts. And the pass type is probably going to be worse because it's going to be Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. So I'm just, I'm pretty concerned about the Buccaneers offense as well. There's a lot of teams that we're concerned about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pause real quick here. I, you know, before we go to Jamie, give me a little context on where 550 pass attempts would rank. Below average league median last year. Um, so that'd be like the 15th and the 16th teams in pass attempts, 571 last year. Okay. All right, Jamie, you still have faith in Chris Godwin and PPR. And by the way, he has him 34th, not 36th. But Jamie, you have him 20th. I still think this is going to be the guy that leads the team in targets and receptions. And if you look at Baker's history, however you want to view it, his time in Cleveland, that was his best option, was a slot receiver with Jarvis Landry. And so that's still where I think Chris Godwin will play. I don't think it's going to be Kyle Trask. If it's Trask, then that will definitely be closer to where Heath is on, on Godwin. I think Evans is the one that loses the most. You know, I, I think Baker's downfield throws are clearly going to be a problem. By comparison to Tom Brady, obviously volume is going to be a concern because they're not going to allow this passing game to be as prolific as it was when you're talking about the greatest of all time to Baker Mayfield. So... Godwin loses, but Godwin was a guy that we were valuing when he was healthy as a top 10 wide receiver. So, um, you know, you take the downgrade into in, in, into action and, you know, just understand what you're getting. Um, a year removed from the ACL, so hopefully he's back to being closer to where he was and he wasn't exactly horrible last year. So I think he's still good enough to be a number two receiver in PPR. Non-PPR, half PPR, I think he's a number three receiver at best. I still like him better than Evans in, in every format. But I think in, in, in PPR, even with Baker, he could be a number two PPR receiver. Yeah. And you want to follow up there, Heath? No, I think I probably also just like I have some some Baker May- Mayfield um, reflux. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also want to say, you know, Heath is in general, I think, a little higher on the year two. We'll talk about a couple of year two guys. Um, yeah. But uh, Jamie has only Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave ahead of Chris Godwin in terms of these second-year guys. Heath has basically all of the relevant ones, like not Romeo Dobbs. Most of them, right? Yeah, yeah, most of them. All of the the ones who were drafted in the first round last year. I do have Chris (laughs) Godwin ahead of Alex Pierce. Alex Pierce. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right, so let's talk about Drake London. Uh, Jamie, you're pretty high on Drake London. You got him 22nd. Heath says, hold my taco and beer. I've got him 14th. Jamie, this time you get the first word. 22nd on Drake London, not 14th. Um, actually, I think, I'm sorry. I think it's more interesting if Heath goes first on this because, you know, 22nd is, is a good ranking. That's a lot of well, faith. My, my in argument him. is pretty easy. Uh, Heath just said he's got <laughs> concerns about the quarterback and volume. I mean, that's Atlanta to a T. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah, no, I'm definitely uh, projecting some improvement for the second year wide receivers, and it probably won't happen for all of them. But the guys that it does happen for, as Adam has so astutely pointed out, are the guys who win you leagues. And so I think I just want to take as many shots at these second-year wide receivers as I can. (laughs) And the ones that hit, I'm going to have league winners. I think London absolutely – like things were terrible for him with Marcus Mariota. They they were not a lot better with Ritter, but they were a little better. And I would expect both Ritter and London to make some improvement. I think that he has no problem at all um, getting a – 25 to 30 percent target share even with kyle pitts on the field and um i i'm not 
I guess I have similar feelings. I'm trying to figure out why those project- projections are so much different for London and Godwin, other than I am just projecting some improvement for London this year. Um, and he was pretty good, other than the fact that he didn't score any touchdowns in the last five weeks of last year. A lot of times we see rookie wide receivers like Amon Ross St. Brown, a hot finish, and then it carries over into the next year. Why do you have London ahead of Olave, five spots ahead of Olave? Because I'm projecting Michael Thomas to play right now. But you're also you have to project Kyle Pitts to play, and everything London did at the end of the year, he did without Pitts. That's true. I think um, I think London is or Pitts is not going to be a problem for London. I think they will both earn a twenty five to thirty percent target share. I don't know that that will happen for Thomas and Olave because I think Alvin Kamara is going to get or whoever's playing running back is going to get a lot more targets. But tell me that you tell me that right now you think Derek Carr is better than Desmond Ritter. He probably is. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen very much of Ritter. That's true. It's it's, it's true. Uh, all right, Jamie. Anything you want to add, or should we go to the next one? No. I, okay. Cool. I good think stuff. London's a very good receiver, but I think Godwin will have more catches, more targets, and maybe as many touchdowns. Let's talk about Calvin Ridley. Nineteenth for Jamie. Thirtieth for Heath. Okay, Jamie, your turn. It's actually now 29th for Heath. Things have changed a lot. Uh, all right, 19th for Jamie, 29th for Heath. This is Calvin Ridley. Go for it, Jamie. I think I'm just coming around to the fact that everything, you know, this was, this was um, you know, post going to Arizona and the owners' meetings, I, I think I was, I, I think I was, I, I was leaning Christian Kirk over Ridley. Then you come out of that and you just, you know, hearing from what people in Jacksonville are saying that he he's, probably going to have the opportunity for a big season. I still think that Kirk will have more catches and more targets, but <clears throat> Kirk uh, really will have more yards, maybe similar or, or close enough in catches, but the touchdowns I think are going to be in his favor. And so this is just really buying into Trevor Lawrence. He's going to have, he's going to be probably my most rostered quarterback this year um, based on where he's getting drafted. I just want pieces of this Jacksonville offense. I think they're ready to take the next step. They're going to have a very easy schedule. Um, offense is going to be much better. And I think Ridley is, if he's anything close to what he was, this is probably too low. 19th. Oh, yeah. If, if he's what he was, I, I definitely think it is. I don't know if I think that Trevor Lawrence will be better this year than Matt Ryan was when Ridley was at his best, but he could be as good. Um, I I have a hard time projecting the targets for Kirk, Ridley, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, those four and and what the spread's going to be. And so you, I could be convinced when we get into training camp, Calvin Ridley, all reports are, he looks like Calvin Ridley. Everything's a, a full go that I would put Ridley at number one in terms of the number of targets, but that's not the way that I have it right now. I got him tied with Kirk. Yeah. I mean, I, I also, we obviously have no idea, but I'm sort of approaching it from a fantasy drafting standpoint as Ridley's going to be, the top guy, Kirk won't be too far behind. And then I don't really care about Ingram and Jones so much. Like I'm sure Ingram will have good weeks and he'll be worth drafting. But Zay right. Jones, like Zay Jones is not, to me, not going to have a big role. And Ingram is a tight end. He's going to be like what we've always seen from Evan Ingram. You know, they'll tease us. That's just, I have no idea if that's true. That's just... Well, I, don't think, I, I don't think that Doug Peterson probably knows exactly how the targets are going to shake right. out at this point. It's it's a, it's definitely a guessing game. We, we there's a, there's some rust to knock off. Yeah. So I think I think my point is a, a lot of people are just going to take 
different views on that situation, and at least until we get to the preseason and get you know just get pieces of it. I mean, right. yes, you know, you, you, I, I agree with you. Ingram takes a step back. We talked about that in F fifteen five. Um, Zay Jones clearly takes a step back, but they're still going to have some weeks where they're very good. Those two guys in particular. I just think Trevor Lawrence is is headed for a huge year. But when you say get pieces of it, which pieces do you want? Oh, the two you mentioned for sure, and, and Lawrence. Yeah, it's, it's, th- those are the ones you target. But you know, I, I think when you start to go through the, the the tight end landscape and you say, okay, I've missed on the top guys, and the top guys for me, I think there's six or seven of them, depending on how you want to view Kittle and Waller, and and, and you know those two in particular, or, or maybe Pitts. You want to throw them in that conversation, but to me, there's seven. It's who's got a a, a good quarterback. Same conversation we usually have. Who's got a chance to be one or two in targets with, you know, hopefully a, a growing situation. So like Dalton Schultz, for example, if the quarterback is right in, in Houston. Although I read in Peter King's column today that they may pass on C.J. Stroud and go defense, which would be very interesting uh, what happens there. But, um, yeah, you know, you get, you get an injury to Kirk or to Ridley or Ridley's not right. Zay Jones still has a ton of value. He was very good last year, especially how late he's going to go this year. All right. I, this, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Heath. Sorry. No, I, I don't. I'm not particularly excited about Ingram. It's just that I think that that tight end role in Doug Peterson's offense is going to like, there's going to be a hundred plus targets thrown to the tight end. And so that makes it harder if all three wide receivers are involved. The, the, the pie is just not big enough. Uh, did you have cake or pie for your birthday? Ice cream cake. The best. Oh, the, yeah. It's tier one. Okay, this will be the last wide receiver we talk about here. We'll save some of the, the younger guys for another show. George Pickens, Traylon Burks were the other two that I wanted to discuss. But just going through some of the numbers, I, I gave some at the top of the show. Uh, Tyler Lockett is, I mean, this guy had six touchdown catches of 30 or more yards last year. And he did that with a pretty low A dot for him. It was like 10.4 yards or something, which is on the low side for Lockett, yet he caught all these deep touchdown passes. And on five of those six were deep balls. Uh, one of them had a decent amount of yak. So so I don't know. I, I would say he got pretty lucky with his touchdowns, considering how few end zone and red zone and green zone targets he had. Uh, but this guy does it every year. He's a number two receiver every single year. Uh, Heath, you have him. Sorry, where do you have him? 20th? 20, 21st. 21st. And Jamie has Tyler Lockett 31st. Heath, you're up. Yeah, I think like you could say that he was a little lucky on the touchdowns last year, but it's the fourth or f- the fifth straight year he scored eight, nine, or ten touchdowns. It's just kind of what he does. There, he does get used in wildly different ways. I don't know how many wide receivers you go look at the last four years, ADOT, and it goes 12, 4, 9, 7, 14, 6, 10, 6. But the thing is, he can do all of those things. And that's a really great attribute. It doesn't really matter how this Seattle uses him. He's going to be successful. I'm a little bit worried about the age. I do think that DK should score more touchdowns this year. Maybe he scores eight this year instead of nine locket. But I'm just, it's it's hard for me to doubt him. Yeah. Jamie, you have him ranked as at his age, 31. That's a part of it. You know, I, I at some point there's going to be a little bit of a slowdown. I, I, I'm just, I was just looking at my rankings while you were talking. So, like, I have him behind... Pittman and McLaurin and Evans and I, I I've said this a lot, you know, going back the last couple of years that, you know, we, we say top 24 because, you know, 12 and, and two receiver leagues, but there, there's 40 receivers that, that are starting caliber receivers in fantasy at this point, you know? And so um, 
if if you like him better, you'll probably get him at a better cost. He's now become, I think, the new Brandon Cooks of just continuing to be just best draft value at that position. And so I, I think there's um there there's 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 a lot to love about Tyler Lockett. I just don't want to overdraft him. But yeah, he's he's probably gonna end up being better than than McLaurin. He probably end up being better than Mike Evans. That's probably a, a adjustment I should make in all formats because he's got it, at this point, at least a better quarterback than those guys do, you know? And so give Geno Smith some respect, which is probably something that I didn't do when I first put him in that spot. But I, I think he's, he could finish anywhere from, from 15 to, to 30 and be off by 15 by a point or two, because that's just how good the position is. So I have no problem with Tyler Lock. I, I just think at some point age is going to catch up to a guy that needs his speed to get downfield. Okay. And here's what, tell me if this matters to you. If you include the playoffs, and to be fair, you have to include one game where he played 32% of the snaps, he had more than 68 yards in one of his last 12 games. Now, he was great before that. The first five games, he averaged over 85 yards a game, I think. Something like that. No, 81.2 yards per game. But Tyler Lockett, last 12 games, one game with more than 68 yards. Does that matter to you guys? Isn't that kind of been the case? in Seattle for the last few years that their passing game starts off well and doesn't end up well because their defense gets better and their run game gets better. I don't think that was the case this time because they actually started throwing more. I mean, you're right that it wasn't as good. Um, just Geno Smith just didn't play quite as well, especially down the stretch through some interceptions. But um, I don't, I don't even that, even if that is the case, I doubt Lockett's ever had a stretch like that. In his last eleven games, uh, I don't have his pace. Sorry, but it's you know. But that could be the indication of you know age catching up with a guy. Right, that's why I was asking. Yeah, so I find these stats a lot, and then they a lot of times they make no difference. They're just completely random. Make no difference for the next year. This one's interesting because he's thirty-one. So, uh, Heath, you're muted. <laughs> you know what my response is going to be, right? Well, I no, I don't. You said he had. One game with more than 68 receiving yards. Yeah. In his last 12. That's 100% true. But, of course, the first thing I go look at, he had five games between 60 and 68 receiving yards. Yeah. But that's not so great. I mean, overall— I mean, it's not so great, but no. But if in a 17-game season, if you average 65 yards a game, what's that? That's a 1,000-yard season, isn't it? But 1,105 he, yards. But he didn't average that. He didn't even come close. I mean, like that's, you know— <laughs> Well, I think he came pretty close to averaging that if you take out the 15-yard game when he when he had yeah. 32% of the snaps. I think he was very, very close to that. And I think he was a lot worse after he came back from the ankle injury uh, the last three games, two regular season games, one of which he barely played and then the playoffs. But okay. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk about one tight end here, David Njoku. Da- so, all right, let me check Heath's updated rankings. I did not move David Njoku. Seventh. Seventh for Njoku. Whereas Jamie has him 13th. That's a surprise, uh, Heath. Seventh for Njoku. Yeah. Is that, I guess it's a, it's a little bit of a surprise. He was right about, what, eight or nine per game last year. Um, I do think they're going to throw more in a full season with Deshaun Watson. And I think that there's a, a pretty good chance that he's still getting the same target share that he did last year. So I expect his targets to go up. Um, he was... Seventh per game last year. So I basically got him ranked where he was last year. And I think this year is probably actually going to be better for him than last year was on a per game basis. 
I hope his targets remain the same, but I, I just fear the Elijah Moore addition changes things for this offense. You know, now you have a very, very, very solid three-receiver core if, if Elijah Moore escaping the Jets' doghouse looks like anything close to what he was in his rookie campaign. So you have Cooper, Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Najoku. Would not surprise me if he's fourth in terms of targets. You know, I, I would probably peg him for third because I don't think that uh, Peoples-Jones – is, is second in targets or, or probably even third just based on the role that Njoku could play. And, and hopefully he's getting a lot more end zone and red zone opportunities at the tight end position because he's such a natural athlete and, and, and so much potential there. But had a hard time staying healthy. Uh, Deshaun Watson's history doesn't necessarily lean toward leaning on tight ends or favor leaning on tight ends. And so I, I the one the two that I struggle with, I guess the three that I struggle with are, are the younger tight ends. Is Njoku better than um, – Fryermuth, is he better than Dolchich? Is he better than than Oconquo? And and right now, I'd rather take the younger guys over him at this point. I think people would be surprised to know that he averaged the same amount of points as Evan Ingram last year, ten point three PPR fantasy points per game, um, and that uh, that makes you tight end. I missed tight end eight, but you missed tight end seven, seven. or eight. Yeah, one well, of them was seven, and there was eight. Well, I think that I have I have him tied for eighth. Behind Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, Hawkinson, Goddard, Ertz, and Waller. So, huh? I have Waller a point behind them. How many games do you have for Waller? Uh, this might be nine? one of those situations where he played nine and didn't have. Yep, I bet. I knew it. You stupid website. You, just keep using it though. I, I mean, it's 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 so much easier. All right, fine. They both tied for seventh. <laughs> Okay, um, let's, that's it for today's show. Uh, how did you? How do you feel about the NBA playoffs so far? What do you think about Giannis? About those Heat? I mean, Giannis, Morant, and uh, Hero all getting hurt. That was not what you want to see. If you want to see the the stars playing, I don't know if you want to put Hero. No, in that I category, don't want to put Hero in there. But. Um, breaking his hand though, that was yeah. It's bro, he broke his hand and hit a three pointer. That was pretty impressive. Um, Big win though. Jaw, Jaw's injury looks looks bad. Uh, Giannis leaving the game, not not good, unless you're a Heat fan. Um, Knicks look great. Uh, thank you. You know, I was gonna bring that. I was gonna bring them up. You know, it was a, it was a good <laughs> good weekend for us. <laughs> now I'm just trying Is to figure it, out a way to get to I, a game. I actually missed the Celtics game because we were playing. Um, you didn't miss the large, largest largest halftime lead in a playoff game. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Man, I really wish. Th- I don't know that the Knicks are going to beat the Cavs, but I really wish they could play the Celtics in the second round because I know they'll beat the Celtics. And I also know yeah, that... I'll they never, might win a game. I'd never have to back that up because they're right. never going to play the Celtics because they're going to lose to the Bucks. Well, no. The the Heat beat the Bucks without Giannis. Then the Knicks beat the Heat, and you could be a Knicks-Celtics Eastern Conference I, final. I feel like Giannis is going to be back. Am I wrong? Like he like, bruises back or something? I, I, don't, know. I don't know. But you know. know what? The important thing is... Florida Panthers tonight against the – you think the Celtics are good. You should be a Bruins fan. They're like the greatest team in hockey history. I think they scored the most points ever. But we're going to we're gonna upset them. The, for those of you who don't know, I am the biggest bandwagon Florida Panthers fan, and I am in starting now. So uh, thank you all for watching and listening to Fantasy Football today. Check out the Dynasty Show tomorrow for Heath and Jamie. Happy birthday, Heath. And uh, talk to you all tomorrow with Dynasty and then Wednesday with Brian Wilson. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or 
I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.